I just had this feeling that like the heavens were going to open up and it was just going to start pouring. And he said it one more time. And I stopped him right on Castaway. And I said, if you say that one more time, I'm going to throat punch you. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) He was jinxing it. back everybody to this week's episode of the dcl duo podcast brought to you by my path unwinding travel and gotta start by welcoming my fabulous co-host the on-air talent the one that everyone likes sam welcome sam (laughs) thanks brian people like you too okay I bring you to parties because everyone likes talking to you and I can just sit there and have a drink and a snack and no one wants to bother me. So uh, we all know they like you best. Listen, Brian, (laughs) I want you to go stare at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And gosh, darn it. it, People like me. me. Yeah, there you go. All right. (laughs) All right. Well, we have another fabulous individual to welcome to the show. And uh, I want to start by welcoming Heather. Welcome, Heather. Hey, guys. Hey, we're so happy to have you. I'm so happy to be here. This is this is awesome. <laughs> oh yay! <laughs> where are you coming to us from, Heather? I I didn't uh, ask off air. Where are you coming to us from? We are right outside of Philadelphia in the suburbs. Nice. So you are you are Port Canaveral sailors primarily. Then you have to be. Yes, for sure. Um, although I'm hoping maybe Miami one day too. That would be fun. Yeah. And you you also can get a Philly cheesesteak whenever you want one. So uh, I'm going to be a little bit jealous about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what are the two what are the two competitors? It's Pats and Geno's. Geno's. So yeah. are you a Pats Remember or they're Gino's like catty cornered. Yeah, they're catty cornered yeah. from one another. I'm a Pats girl for life. I grew up on them. So, yeah. I love the uh Wit Wiz. Wit Wiz. Yes. That's how you have to wear it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, we could talk about cheesesteaks all day because it is a favorite food of mine, but we are going to head over, Heather, to your Disney cruising background. We love to start the show with that. And uh, if you want to talk about your Disney background, your Disney cruising background, any experience you have with cruising in general, I know folks out there love to hear it. So what's your cruising background like, Heather? So I took my first cruise when I was around 13 with my family and we were on the Wonder. So it was a while ago. (laughs) (laughs) And it, it... it was fun. Definitely liked it. But you know, I was a 13 year old, like moody teenager. <laughs> so, you know, this was definitely a different experience this time. Also grew up going to the parks a whole bunch. So have always been a Disney lover and love going to the beach and warm weather. So for our family, this was just a perfect opportunity to merge the two Disney and beaches. So absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. So what made you make the leap from parks to cruises? Like what attracted you to going on a Disney cruise? I think the biggest thing was that there's something for everybody. And Now that we have our oldest is 12, so she's kind of getting into that territory where she kind of wants a little bit of independence. So being able to be on this cruise and feel comfortable and safe with her kind of navigating and doing her own thing was pretty cool for her. And it was nice for us too. And then our other two kids um, are eight and four. So they were at the perfect age for the kids clubs and all that kind of stuff. So it just really fit the ages of our family. And like I said, we love the beach. So it was kind of a no brainer for us. Awesome. So was it the five of you in your sailing party or was there any other family or friends with you? Just my husband and then our three kids. Let's talk about how you picked the cruise that you went on. So you told us off air that you did a cruise on the Fantasy out of Port Canaveral. It was a seven night Eastern Caribbean. Uh, looks like just around spring break time. So how did how did you land on that cruise? And how did you choose, I guess, seven nights? Because uh, a lot of folks like to start with shorter cruises. So I'm curious how you landed on the cruise you chose. Well, to be honest, I didn't think that I would ever get my husband on a cruise ship. So I thought if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go big because it might not happen again. So (laughs) I love that. You're like, I am going to get the most days I can out of this just in case I don't get to do it ever again. Yeah, so we started out looking at like five nights and then really the pricing, I mean, between a five night and a seven night was not that much more. And we knew the kids had off for spring break. So we just decided to do the, the seven night. My husband actually really enjoyed it. Spoiler alert. So 
But And I also read a lot on different boards, and I heard from some of your guests as well, that they felt like the three to four night, they never really got to settle in. I, I wanted that experience. Like I wanted, if this was going to be our only cruise, for us to really have time to to really kind of settle in, you know, unpack everything, really feel at home and be able to really enjoy stuff on the ship and not feel like we were missing out. So I think that's a, a great point. You know, we we agree and think that, you know, four and three night cruises are generally too short and not enough time to one, do everything you you want to do, but two, to sort of get used to the rhythm of the ship. The only thing I would say is if going on a a three or four night is the only way you're going to get on a ship, either because you're nervous about you know seasickness or the price is really the issue, then of course, do a three and four night. Heather, had you visited the Caribbean before this, uh, this sailing? I had been to St. Kitts twice. My parents had a timeshare there. So I have been there, but this was really the first time for my husband and my kids. Did you join the Facebook group for your sailing ahead of time? Yeah, we did. And that was that was awesome. We had a very active group, which was really helpful. I also started a group where parents could sign up for their kids to meet other kids before the cruise through chats. It was really cool, especially for like the preteen age. We really focused in on like ages like 10 to 16. And so it was just like a Google Doc and people went in and they put their kids' names and ages and their interests. And then I did my best to try and match them. So the kids all had, you know, just like a text chain beforehand to kind of get to know each other. And then some of them even FaceTimed and stuff like that. So that was really awesome for my daughter because she got on the ship having friends, which was huge. Yeah, that's great for the, I think for the teens and the preteens, that's a, 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 we've seen that in a few Facebook groups. Now we haven't done it ourselves because our son is only eight. Yeah. And I'm telling you, as soon as we got on board, they were already talking to each other and texting and it was like immediate, she was gone. Right. And I guess, I guess it depends on, you know, your style of family vacation, but I feel like you want your kids to have just as good of a time as, as you have. And sometimes that means not spending every waking moment with their parents. <laughs> yeah. It really ended up being a nice combination of her kind of being able to go off on her own, but then coming back at the end of the day and like talking through our day all together. So that was really nice too. Like we always had, you know, like dinner at the end of the day to really regroup and everybody catch up. So Heather, did you have silver castaway status on this sailing? I did. Big deal. Big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Any castaway status is helpful at this point. So how was the activity booking process for you? Because we've heard of late that there have been some folks having some challenges the further into the process they are. And so I'm curious, did you have particular things you wanted to do that you weren't able to book ahead of time? No, I w- we were pretty lucky. Of course, I stayed up till like midnight because I just wanted to make sure that we got on only to find out that I didn't have to stay up until midnight, that it was more of like an early morning thing that you had to be on for. I guess I'm just so used to Disney World, you know, back in the day before Genie that like, <laughs> you, you know, you stayed up until midnight of the night that you were able to book certain things. So, um, but we really didn't have an issue. And to be honest, anything that was last minute that we saw, that we wanted to do, pretty much if we asked on board, we got in. We were really lucky. That's a that's a great tip. I think so I think the the wish is an exception right now. Right now activities on the wish are, you know, because there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of new stuff and everybody wants to check out adult dining on board and things like well, that. And twice twice the number of concierge rooms too and tons of platinum cruisers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So I think the the for anything for booking on the wish, um you do have to be on there at midnight if you're east coast, 9 p.m. if you're west coast, but it seems like on the other ships, the other four ships, you know, with the exception of maybe some unique itineraries and some unique excursions. If you're doing a Caribbean or Bahamas cruise, you don't have to worry too much about booking super early. And as Heather points out, they do hold back spots for almost everything, not excursions, but a lot of people cancel those. But for like adult dining, spa, things like that, they hold a lot and don't let you book everything in advance. So you can get a lot of things while on board. 
Yeah. And I will say ours was a little tricky because we actually had two staterooms next to each other. And because I was silver and my husband, it was still his first cruise. There were things that I could book for me and two of the kids, but I had to wait until him and my daughter's opening was. So it was it was a little bit tricky, but I have to say it did all work out in the end. That's a good point. I forgot about that. If you yeah, if you have different status then even if you're linked state rooms, if you have different status between the two rooms, you can only book for the people in those rooms. And so that definitely complicates like excursions and other and even adult dining and, and other things. So that's a really good point, Heather. And pictures. We got the photo package and I thought that our rooms were linked and guess what? They're not. So that was really tough. We lost a bunch of pictures. I had gone to Shutters and told them the first day, is there any way that we could just link these two rooms just in case somebody gives the other room number? And they said that we were, but we weren't. So another tip, make sure you give the room number of the person that purchased the actual package or the, you know whatever you end up getting. So that's something I I remember somebody in a Facebook group asking that question about the photo package. If you have more than one room, what you really need to do, and really the only solution is they don't actually scan your cards anymore. They used to do it where they would scan your cards at the photo station. So then it would automatically be linked to whatever the card um, room was. But now they just ask you verbally what your room number is. That should make it easier. But Anyone who is in a party, you can have three staterooms, four staterooms, five staterooms, doesn't matter. If one room books that photo package, you need to give the room number that is associated with that photo package. They do not link uh, photos by, you know, linked parties. It's got to be, got to give that, uh, you got to give that room number. Yeah, for sure. We learned that the hard way. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. What a pain. Uh, What a bummer. Let's talk about room selection. So because you had a party of five, you said you had to have two rooms. How did you guys decide what kind of room, you know, and what room did you did you end up landing on or rooms, I should say? Yeah, so we ended up getting uh, the veranda rooms. So we had two that were connecting. And when we priced it out, it wasn't I mean, it was still more money but it wasn't a crazy amount more money to do the two rooms. And we just thought with the three kids, especially with our oldest being 12 and kind of getting into that territory of like wanting a little bit more space to herself and privacy and stuff like that, we'd go ahead and just do the two rooms connecting. And that ended up working out really nice for us. And I I didn't feel like we were on top of one another. And the verandas were just great because if there was like too much commotion going on, we could just always escape out there for a few moments. <laughs> just shut the door. Yes, absolutely. Did you use a travel agent to book this or did you just book it directly yourself? We did use a travel agent. And it was very helpful because this cruise actually was rebooked twice. So it was great to have a travel agent be the one to do all that rebooking because originally we were supposed to go in 2021. So it was nice that they took care of that because I'm sure you've heard as of recently, the waits for DCL on the phone are astronomical. Where uh, where did you stay before your cruise? We actually ended up coming in a day early and we just stayed at the Wilderness Lodge for the night. And then we ended up taking um, Disney buses down to Port Canaveral. And on the way home, we stayed at Beach Club just for the night too. We just didn't know if it was going to be too much to kind of like come back off the ship and then go directly on an airplane with all three kids. How was the Disney transportation to the port? Uh, You paid per person to get there on... I hear they're not necessarily using Disney branded buses because they've they've got a shortage of bus drivers. But how was the Disney transportation from the hotel to the port? What time did you get picked up and get there and that sort of thing? Really early. I think we got picked up around 7.45. Oh, wow. That's that's abnormal for Disney transportation for the cruise line. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. got picked up early and then we stopped off at two other resorts. I think we stopped off at Contemporary and Polynesian, you know, because Magic Kingdom, we were all kind of in that same loop, but we were the first stop. I will tell you... They're supposed to drop off a piece of paper to you to let you know what time the night before the cruise is. So they tell you what time to be down in the hotel lobby. 
And we never received that paper. So I did have to go to the front desk and ask about it. They were very receptive and got it to us and everything. But I guess just I want your listeners to know that if by around like seven or eight o'clock at night, the night before the cruise, if you don't receive that paper on your door, please go down and check with them because I never would have thought we had to be there that early. You know, like that <laughs> never. Yeah, that, that's way earlier than what I would have expected too, because the earliest port arrival times are like, you know, 10, 30, 11 uh, for most cruises. And so, and it only takes really an, you know, an hour, maybe an hour 15 if traffic is really bad, which it never is you know, to get down to Port Canaveral from the Orlando area. So that's, yeah, that's really quite early. But I guess if they're making multiple stops um, to pick up at multiple hotels and, and you happen to be the first hotel, that makes sense. But that's a really, you know, excellent tip. When you guys got to Port Canaveral, were you guys maybe the, the first bus to arrive? Could you tell? Um, and had they even opened the port when you arrived at Port Canaveral? It was open. And we were probably the second or third bus. I'm not sure if they were just getting everybody there a little bit earlier, just because of like COVID testing at that point still was all being done at the port. But I have to say, like, it was very seamless, the whole process, because we were nervous about that. Just, you know, like everybody is, you're just like biting your nails until you find out that you're... Until you pass or fail or however you will put it. Yeah, that... That is a, a, a terrifying process when you've done all this planning and you're there with your luggage and you just hope everything you know goes just fine. Uh, how long did the process, you said it was pretty seamless, but how long would you say from start to finish? Oh, and you had a four-year-old with you too. So you had to do pre-testing for the four-year-old, right? Yeah. Yeah. We had to do pre-testing for him and we just used Walgreens for that. It was a very quick turnaround. We did it at home. And that was fine. Of course, the moment that we got on the bus to get to Port Canaveral, my eight-year-old started not feeling well. It's every every parent's nightmare going to the Disney cruise with, you know, your kiddo next to you. I don't feel so good. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? What did you say? We had that happen on our on our first seven night sailing on the fantasy after the restart. Our son, we were out on deck and our son looked at us as the ship was pulling away from the dock and said, my throat's on fire. <laughs> and, and we're like, you began, little jerk. <laughs> yeah. Thus began all of us catching his cold and being sick on our on our Thanksgiving cruise. But uh, yeah, that is a nightmare. <laughs> I'm sorry it happened. So, so did your kiddo recover quickly? So she actually ended up being pretty sick. And it was not COVID. She had the flu, which was going around at school because I was in contact with people at home. And they said, oh, yeah, like three fourths of the school is out right now with flu A. So that's how we started the vacation. (laughs) But um, it was not COVID, but it was that. So um, we kind of chose to just quarantine in our room ourselves with her. And then our 12-year-old ended up getting it probably three to four days later. But good thing we had the two rooms because we had a sick room and a well room. Oh, very smart. (laughs) (laughs) Who got chosen for the sick room? (laughs) Well, the sick ones. (laughs) I kind of wanted to be in there, to be honest with you. Just by myself. Right. It would have been the quiet room, right? The sick room was the quiet room. (laughs) I'm just curious, Heather, how much of your cruise was impacted by this? Were you able to get the other kids out and go to the kids clubs and dinner and, and things like that, or recouped up in the room for several days? Like how, how, how did it impact your, your sailing? Yeah, it was tough. I mean, looking back, I feel like we didn't get to do the cruise the way we had anticipated to, but I feel like we just had to make the best of it while we were there. So my husband and I would kind of take shifts <laughs> with the one and then do some stuff with the others and wear masks and you know, and then once she got better, which was in like two days, we had two days of freedom. And then the 12 year old started. And then the other one got. (laughs) So then we started the process all over again, although she was older, so we could kind of leave her in the room a little bit more. But yeah, it definitely impacted our trip. Because first of all, never thought we'd be spending so much time in our room. You know, there's so much to do. But in hindsight, having the two rooms and having room service was amazing because it's exactly what we needed. 
And having that veranda, honestly, I think like even a you know a beautiful ocean view room, which is we like to stay in those ocean view rooms, they're really nice. But if you're kind of stuck in the room for a long time because you're sick or a family member sick or whatever, it's kind of nice at least, you know, even the sick person can sit out on the balcony and get some fresh air, especially if you're going to be spending a lot of time in that room. Yeah. And another thing I will strongly recommend is I thought I brought enough Tylenol and Advil for this cruise. I did not. And we went to, you know, the little stores on the ship and all they had was for the for kids was infant Tylenol. So we were buying bottles of that, like it was nobody's business. And they were probably like, what is going on in that room? Why do they have so many bottles of Tylenol? I guess let's talk about activities. I, you know, we know you were limited in, in obviously what you were able to do for part of the cruise, but were there some, you know, sort of highlights activities that you were looking forward to and you got to do and, you know, did they meet your expectations? Let's talk about what those were. Yeah. We tried to do a lot of things outside just because of the situation and try not to be indoors with, you know, too many people. But I would say the number one thing, like when I think back on the cruise was just hanging out, getting ice cream and watching Funnel Vision in the pool. Like (laughs) that was the highlight. Everybody loved that. Even if everyone was kind of off doing something else, we kind of had a home base of chairs that everybody came back to and just, you know, would make a pit stop for ice cream and a movie. That was awesome. I know my husband took the kids to play uh, mini golf, which was they loved. Like they still talk about that. They, they just thought that was amazing. And it was never crowded. No one was ever over there. The two times that we, we went over. Yeah, that's one of those things that we we still haven't done on board the ship, Brian. Well, we have I have, you know, I have tried it on other ships. I also tried to play bocce ball with my dad on a ship one time, and I I could never really get behind it because the ship was moving. And so like <laughs> you're like trying to like in three-dimensional space figure out where to put your ball. <laughs> makes sense. Like, because it's, so yeah. Doesn't that I, make I it more curious. fun? Oh, I get uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Bocce ball, it was annoying because like it would just like you throw it and be like, oh, it's going to go perfectly. And then it would like plunk off to the side as the ship rocked. So anyway, um, I, I always thought that was a funny, a funny activity. It's like the pool tables that they have on some of the ships actually have like geometric balancing scopes and or, or um, and, and so like the table stays level as the ship rocks so you can play. And I was like, I doubt they're going to invest in that kind of technology for putt-putt. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's funny how your kids, you know, to them that was amazing. To us, it's like it's it's you know a little golf course, <laughs> but to them, this is so cool. We're on a boat and there's golf and. Well, what what other kinds of activities did you get? Did did you do midship detective? Did you make it to any of the character greets? What other kinds of activities did you get up to with the kids? And did they go to the kids clubs and and. Did they enjoy that? They did go to the kids clubs once they were well, whoever we're talking about. Um, And they did really enjoy them. And it was great for us just to be able to go and have a little bit of time to ourselves. And looking back, I'm glad that we did it this way. But we did end up doing Remy one night, my husband and I. We put the kids in the kids club, but it was later in the week. And they were there for a good three hours. You know, because Remy's long. Yeah, it's a long dinner. Yeah. And we picked them up and they were like, we don't, we don't want to go back tomorrow or the next day. So it was just too much. So. Oh, they didn't want to go. Oh, I thought you were saying they didn't want to leave that night. They don't want to go back. Oh, okay. They had their fill. Like three hours was way too long. So if anybody wants to do Remy and has kids, I would say try and do the same thing. Do it later in the sailing. So that way, if your kids get you know, a little bit too much time in the kids club, it'll be the end of the sailing and it won't matter versus the beginning of the sailing where they're protesting not to go back because you left them there for three hours. So, I mean, we only have one, but sometimes what we also do is by that point in the sailing, he's got his eye on something in the gift shop. And uh, what daddy will do is promise to get him that thing if he leaves mommy and daddy alone for the time that they want to have their dinner. Yeah. What Brian is really saying is we bribe our son on the regular. Okay. I just want to... We, we, hey, no, no, no. We reward the behavior we we want. (laughs) (laughs) We incentivize him. (laughs) Gotta do what you gotta do. You know, it's just... Sometimes it's just the way it is. Everyone needs a break. 
Well, we need to take a quick pause in the action here to thank our amazing show sponsors over at My Path Unwinding Travel. You know, Sam and I had a chance to meet several of the agents from My Path Unwinding Travel on a recent cruise we did out of New Orleans in February, our first time sailing concierge. And let me tell you, those agents were so nice, so welcoming, and so knowledgeable to us. They answered all of our questions about concierge, even though we had not booked our vacation through them. We have since joined several of their fabulous Facebook groups where we've learned more about concierge and had even more questions answered. And let me tell you, they are just so responsive, so knowledgeable, so welcoming, such a positive energy in this community that we were so excited to welcome them on as our new show sponsor. So if you are interested in booking your next fabulous Disney Cruise Line vacation, you've been curious about concierge, you've been eyeing an Adventures by Disney, you've been wanting to explore an all-inclusive vacation or some new destination that maybe Disney doesn't go to, let me tell you, Karen and her agents over at My Path Unwinding Travel are the people to talk to. And remember, you don't pay anything extra to use a travel agent to book your travel, they get paid at the time you travel. And so you are leaving this great knowledge and expertise on the table if you're not using a travel agent to book your next fantastic vacation. So head on over to www.mypathunwinding.com slash DCL duo so they know we sent you and we know you'll have an amazing experience with Karen and the entire team over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks, My Path Unwinding Travel for sponsoring the show. And now back to our episode. I'm curious, did you and your husband get up to any of the like the adult activities in the evenings? Probably would have been tough with the kids and what was going on at the beginning of the cruise, but I don't know if you managed to make it to any of the, the evening shows or entertainment. We didn't go to any of the adult stuff. Uh, the one night we did make it to, what was it called? Ooh La La the, or Pink or whatever. I might be merging two things, but um, the champagne bar. And that that was really fun. But yeah, we didn't actually do any of like the the true adult entertainment. No worries. You'll have time to do those when the four-year-old is a little older. Anything else you got up to as a family on board and from an activity standpoint that uh, we haven't talked about that really stood out for you? I would just say the shows. They were incredible. With my four-year-old, because, you know, during COVID, he didn't go anywhere for, you know, almost two years. He was enamored with the shows. I mean, he had never seen anything like it, ever. And he just every day. What time is the show? When are we going to the show? He just loved it. And he like sat on the edge of his seat. So it was really cool to see him get his first experience of live theater. I just, I just thought they did an excellent job. I've been to Broadway quite, quite a few times and especially the Frozen show was incredible. Just incredible. Yeah, it, it is really fantastic. Did the other kids love it as much as the four-year-old? Oh, they liked it, but he was just... Yeah, he was over the top about it. And I think it was one of those moments where my husband and I looked at each other. And even though things didn't go the way we wanted them to, (laughs) and we had a lot of bumps, we looked at each other and we were like, okay, this is why we did this. You know, and it's for moments like this where they're just totally enthralled with the magic that's happening in front of them. And it's so fun as a parent to be able to see that through their eyes. Did your four-year-old like any of the variety acts, like the magician and such? We had an acapella group, which my older one went to, and she said it was fabulous. She loved it. I think there was a magician, but I think the night that he was there, nobody wanted to get out of the pool. And I was like, you know what? Stay in the pool. And we ate at Flows, and that was the rest of that. So so your kids enjoyed the pool area. Did they make it on the aqueduct? Yes, we went on that quite a few times, and there was really never a line. I prepared them. I said, no, guys, like right before we went, we watched some videos and I said, I know this looks super cool. We might not be able to go on it like a million times. So I'm just letting you know, we got there and yeah, there was just tons, tons of times that they just went on like four or five times in a row. And the Mickey slide. Oh my gosh. The four-year-old with the Mickey slide. (laughs) It was like a turnstile. He would just go down, run back up, go down, run back up. Um, and the lifeguard was hysterical because he's like, he must have gone on like 40 times. I'm like, I know. I was just sitting there with a drink, just watching. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> That's our kiddo too on that yellow Mickey slide. He will just, it's, 
there's never, you know, a line of more than like, I don't know, four or five kids maybe. And they just keep going over and over and over and over again. And, but you're, that make, you made a good point though, even about the aqueduct. Um, yeah, there are times there's a line, but remember the ship is, uh, there's a finite number, number of people. It's not like at the parks where you might wait like an hour, you might wait 20, 20 minutes. And that would be a long wait for, you know, the aqueduct. Plus if you do it on like a port day, you're going to wait no time whatsoever. You could do it over and over again without any line. So yeah, it's, it's not, it's not like when you're at the parks, you are going to, you can get your fill of that aqueduct for sure, especially in a seven night cruise. How did you find the pool decks otherwise? Were they crowded? I, I don't know if you heard anything about the capacity on your sailing, but curious about that and whether you had crowds on the pool deck and or not. And was the weather conducive to being out on the pool deck too? I guess that's also a question. Oh, we had great weather. It did not rain one time. We were so lucky and just really sunny, beautiful. Um, the capacity, I think they said we were at 2,500. Oh, that, that's pretty close to full. Uh, I, no, I guess not. The fantasy can hold up to like 4,500 people, right, Sam? Yeah, it's about, it's, it's about a little half. bit more than half, but yeah. it's, yeah. My husband just kept saying, I can't imagine this being full because we were only there with 60% or whatever. And he just kept saying, I just, where would you put people? Like, <laughs> oh, they, they find places. If, you know, they, well, the pool deck now I think is, is not as spread out, but for a while they had the chairs spread out a lot more than they normally were. And they had taken out some of the tables and things like that. So yeah, you can, you can pack them in pretty good. It's, it's quite hard to find, you know, on a full ship, it is hard to find deck chairs in that family pool area unless you go up to that upper level, you know, that overlooks the pool instead of being right next to the pool. But you can always find stuff on the upper deck. It's just, you know, in a full ship, it's, it is harder on that lower deck. Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking online. It actually says the double occupancy capacity is 2,500. It's a max of 4,000. So obviously that's putting more people in a stateroom. So, you know, it's still a... It's still a healthy amount of people on board, but yeah, with full capacity, it does tend to get a little crowded so, yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, there's always people that are very particular with like where they want their chairs and marking off 10 chairs and no one's sitting there and you're like, what are you saving those for? There's no one there, but you're on vacation and you just shrug it off and find chairs elsewhere. So you can sometimes get help from the crew on that. You know, if you're saving one chair because your kid is in the pool, that's fine. But like you shouldn't be saving 10 chairs when only three people from your party are on the pool deck, even if there are seven other people in your party, but they just happen to be you know roaming and do other stuff. It's just share the space. People will, you know, there are you'll find lots of people who are willing to share and you'll find other people who are not willing to share. <laughs> yeah, we can't escape a Disney cruise without talking about the food. It sounds like you had a fabulous, potentially adult dining opportunity at Remy. But let's start with the rotational dining. Were you able to take advantage of uh, all the rotational restaurants on board or did you end up having to miss a few because of uh, what happened in the beginning of the cruise? We did miss a few. So much so that I guess the head server, he called our room <laughs> to make sure that it wasn't something in the dining room that was happening that we were not pleased with, with like to make sure that that's why we weren't showing up. And we were like, oh, no, that that's not why. Like, and um, but I thought that was a nice touch. Like he noticed that, we, you know, we weren't there every night. And they just wanted to make sure that there wasn't a problem. Like I said, that was just nice of them to check in on us. But we did make it to each restaurant. We just didn't make it a, a second time to each one, if that makes sense. And so did you get the full animators experience? Did you have Turtle Talk or did you have animation magic? We did Turtle Talk and we missed the animation, which I was bummed about because my kids love to draw. And I think they would have thought that was awesome. Well, something to look something to look forward to the next time, for sure. That's a good one to, to have. Well, how did you find the, the food and the service overall in the, the restaurants? I thought it was pretty good. I mean, you kind of go into it knowing that they're making food for a mass amount of people. So it, it reminds me of like when you're going anywhere, like for a wedding, like catering or something like that. But this was a little bit better than that, I would say. And the wait staff was nice. I didn't feel like an unbelievable connection with them, which I know a lot of people rave about on Disney cruises. So I'm not sure if it was just the particular wait staff and us, or if, like I said, we just weren't there consistently enough to build that. But they were very attentive and willing to get us whatever we needed. My little guy has an allergy, 
And they were very good about that with him. He's allergic to cashews and pistachios, which aren't in many things, but they can definitely be cross-contaminated. So um, they were always very aware of that with him, which as a mom of a kid with an allergy, that just takes a little bit off your plate that you don't have to worry about. Yeah, no, for sure. Disney does a really good job with allergies, I think, uh, especially on board the cruise line. Well, let's let's talk about Remy. You skipped right over Palo and went straight to the pinnacle of the Disney Cruise Line dining experience with Remy. What uh, what caused you to choose Remy for your first adult dining experience? Well, we did Palo too. So you, so you did Palo and Remy. Uh, remind me which which did you do dinner or brunch at Palo? We did dinner at Palo. And ha- and how did you how did you find Palo to be? We actually had a great time. We were the first table when you walk in, and at first I was like, oh, we're right in the front, but it actually ended up being a great spot. You could see the sunset. It was beautiful. And our waiter was excellent. Yeah, we had a really nice time. We just did the prefix menu because both things that we wanted were on there. So we figured, well, we'll just do that because you know it's going to be $45 then. We thought everything was, was great. What'd you, what'd you have for, uh, for your mates? Um, I think we ended up both getting fish. So I think I had salmon and I think my husband had some kind of white fish. Was it the table side? Was it the deboned that they do table side? No, I had heard about that. Yeah, it wasn't that. But it was good. It was the sommelier's first night. So he was a little bit nervous, but he did a great job. There were a lot of people on there earning their ears. We did notice that. Yeah, that's been kind of a a trend now, particularly, well, that's been a trend since the restart, but especially it seems like in these last couple of months for the Wish uh, opening, because some of the experienced staff has gone from the other four ships to the Wish, leaving a lot of spots for new folks on the other four ships. But they had great energy. Like anybody that was earning their ears, they kind of went above and beyond because it was their first experience. And I think they just wanted to do everything right for you. Not that, you know, the more seasoned staff doesn't, but I think when you're new, you know, you, you still have that little bit of extra, just like good energy. Yeah. They're really, they're excited. They're, they're wanting to do a good job. They don't have everything quite polished yet because they're not sure where to pick up all the food from. That's, that's something that's actually can be pretty complicated as we understand. Uh, particularly in main dining, it can be quite complicated of where they go to pick up different dishes and they might not have their magic tricks down yet or their jokes down yet. So that's, that's they, they tend to learn that over probably the first couple of months, though. What about so let's talk about Remy. It's been a while since we've had someone on who's experienced Remy for the first time. How was that experience for you? That That is, as I said, I think a second ago, the pinnacle of Disney dining. And so I'm curious how that experience was for you. My husband and I love food. So it was kind of a given. We decided to do this cruise. And after I'd heard a couple of guests, I believe on your show and some others just rave about it, we decided to try it out. And it was excellent. I ended up doing the French side and my husband did the American side so we could split and try a little bit of eat. Yes. Yes. That's the way to do it, Heather. Good job. Yeah. (laughs) I think you had said that. (laughs) Yeah. We always we always do that. One of us, it's usually I usually do the American side and Brian usually does the French side just because that's kind of more aligned with our palates. And then we end up sometimes we'll completely switch a course with one another. If we, but most of the time we just end up tasting each other's. I'd say more common if we're switching, it's like dessert course or something like that. But yeah, it's the best way to do it. What did you guys uh, what did you guys think of the quality of the food, the quality of the service? I thought it was excellent. It was it was top notch. I mean, it really was. It's like, it was like, a. I don't know that I would necessarily do it again, mostly because just the price is so expensive and you just leave there. Like, like you need somebody to roll you back to your room. You're just like, yes. Yes. <laughs> especially when they come out with the cheese course, like after all that food and you're just like, now we're having cheese. What? But, um, yeah, everybody was really attentive. Our sommelier there was incredible. I could have listened to him talk for hours about wine. He was just so passionate about it. And we learned so much about how things are made and bottled different regions. And he was just a wealth of knowledge. And you could just tell that he just absolutely loved what he did. Can I can I ask between the two, Paulo and Remy, uh, which did you guys prefer? I mean, it's, it sounds like you're a foodie kind of like us, you know, you enjoy some fine dining. So that's why you had to try both. Did you have a preference between the two? 
I think Remy is incredible for like a special occasion or if you're just going to do it one time. But I could see us going back to Palo maybe more often. Also at Remy, we did um, the wine pairing too. It's a lot of wine. <laughs> it is a lot of wine. That is a good point. It is a, a lot, lot of wine. wine. You got to make sure that you don't have like an early excursion the next morning or something. You have to plan that appro- accordingly, <laughs> you know. But yeah, I definitely think Remy is a great experience. But if you have something special going on in your life, I could see doing that. But I think Pala would be more of a repeat for us, if that makes sense. Well, Heather... Is there anything that stood out for you on this cruise that we haven't talked about? I think just overall, and we've hit on it, just the friendliness of everybody was really something that I'll I'll always remember. Just knowing that my kids were well taken care of when they were in the kids clubs, or if, you know, God forbid they got lost, you don't have to worry because everybody is so kind there and helpful and attentive. And as a mom, that's just all you can ask for, right? When you're on on a vacation or on a ship like this. And I think, you know, being able to give the kids a little bit of freedom and have their own space for part of the trip was just incredible. And it allowed us to have a little bit of time too, which we never get on vacation. That was one thing my husband and I kept talking about. You know, we'll go away, but the kids are always with us and we're always doing everything together. And not that that's not great, but it was actually really nice to be able to just take time for ourselves. We never get to do that. Um, and in this type of environment and this type of vacation, you can do that, but then still have family time when you want to. I think that's a great point. I think, you know, that's one of the things I really love about a Disney cruise line vacation and that is really unique to a cruise line vacation because, you know, when when you're on vacation and you're a parent, you're really doing everything for your kid. And so every activity that you're doing on vacation is is often centered around your child or children. And so, you know, the fact that when you're on a Disney cruise line, you can have a little bit of balance, which includes actually having some vacation time to yourself as an adult or to yourselves as a couple, I think is really unique. And it's not something you can, you know, have or do really on a parks vacation unless you are going to hire a babysitter to come along or hire a babysitter, you know, for your in your hotel room one night or something like that. So it's just not something you get on most vacations, period. So I, I think that's a, an excellent point. Sounds like this convinced your husband um, <laughs> going on another cruise. I, I will wait to ask you what's next, but it, it sounds like, am I right in saying he's he's now willing and on board with cruising as a vacation? Yeah. You know, it, it's funny that you asked that, but um, I never would have thought that he would have wanted to go back. Like he was just so dead set on, I'm not going to like it. I'm going to feel restless. I'm going to feel like I can't escape. Like he just kept saying throughout that whole week, even though we had a lot of bumps, kept saying, this is really great. Like I I actually really like this. There's hope out there. (laughs) (laughs) You know, your story is not unique in that way, in the sense of there are, we've heard from, from quite a few folks where there's, you know, a couple and one Part, one half of the couple really wants to cruise and the other half of the couple is a reluctant cruiser. Um, and they just have this, I think they have this vision of what a cruise is like. All it is, is sitting on your butt and eating all day. I think I do think that that's a stigma that a lot of people have out there. And so I hope that we, through this show and through talking to people like you, Heather, have been able to dispel that thought. There is, for an active person, there is plenty to do on a cruise. Um, if you're not an active person, there's also plenty to not do on a cruise. <laughs> so, you know, it's a choose your own adventure type vacation um, that has a little something for everyone. Not, now, as we've also said, Disney Cruise Line is probably not for everyone, but there's probably a cruise line for everyone. So um, I'm glad to hear that this was a great vacation for your family. Well, Heather, I think we've reached that point in our show where I have to hand you over to Sam for some arbitrary rules and decisions by her her around your Disney favorites or the segment we call Rapid Fire. So Sam, you want to take it away? Yes. Thank you so much, Brian. So Heather, I know you listen to our show and so you are familiar with the rules, lack of rules or arbitrary rules that I like to impose on Rapid Fire. What I like to say is there are no rules 
in rapid fire, except the ones that I make up as I go along. So we're going to do our general Disney Cruise Line favorites because this was, I know it was your second Disney Cruise, but first in a, in a long time. But we'll start out with your general Disney favorites, your favorite Disney or Pixar character. Pocahontas. Ooh, that's a unique one. We haven't heard that one. Favorite Disney or Pixar movie? Coco. Ooh, nice. Favorite song? That's a hard one. But I think it's a newer one. Uh, Show Yourself from Frozen 2. Oh, yeah, that's a great song. All right. What was your favorite rotational dining restaurant on board the Disney Fantasy? Probably Enchanted Garden. Oh, food, atmosphere, both. Yeah, and I love the carriages for the bread. (laughs) (laughs) Those are really cute, actually, the bread basket. I love that. I want one. (laughs) Yeah, those little Disney touches. Absolutely love that. What was your favorite onboard family activity? Probably the shows, but also Funnel Vision. We love that. And just being able to be in the pool and, and watching, it was great. What was your favorite space on the ship? Well, the one morning I got to actually be by myself for a little bit. My husband took the kids and I was up at Satellite Falls and I loved that. It was so peaceful and just like hearing the water running. It was great. What was your favorite bar space? Probably the Champagne Lounge. Yeah, I do love Ula a lot. Uh, On the Dream, it's pink, um, but I love both of those spaces. Really, really nice. What was your favorite food item? If I have to be totally honest, the chicken fingers, I don't know what they put in them. <laughs> I love that you picked that. That is the ding, 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 correct answer. <laughs> yeah, I knew, I knew Brian, I knew Brian would, would agree with you on that one. Yeah. And I am like quite a foodie, but I just, they were per- perfect every time. All right, my last question, bucket list cruise. I like to ask this question. It can be, a cruise, well, it should be a cruise you haven't taken. It could be a cruise location that Disney doesn't even currently sail. But if you could sail anywhere on Disney Cruise Line, anywhere in the world, I should say, not outer space, um, where would you cruise? We've never been to Europe. And I think the Mediterranean cruises look incredible. Okay, I guess it wasn't my final question because my final question is, what's next? Did you, did you get a placeholder? Have you booked something else for Disney Cruise Line? We do have a placeholder. And we haven't set anything in stone quite yet. I think we really do want to do Europe sailing, but I think we want to wait till the four-year-old is maybe seven. So we have a few more years for that. (laughs) Yes. I think if I could give you some advice is do, you know, maybe another Caribbean cruise in the next couple of years and then wait to do Europe until the youngest is, yeah, seven, eight, nine, something like that. Yeah. Um, But I have been looking at trying to do like a double dip out of Miami. Because our castaway day, that was the only day it rained and it poured horrifically and there was lightning. And that way, if you go twice, I mean, you have a better chance of having a good day there. That That is a good point. You know, the Bahamas and the Caribbean can be unpredictable weather-wise. Most of the time, it seems like most people get lucky. But, you know, we've had a pouring day at Castaway as well. It, it happens. It happens. But yeah, twice as many chances as, you know, twice as many days at Castaway Key is... Uh, is a great, great way to go. So awesome. And it was was funny because my husband kept saying, it's going to clear up. It's just a little rain. And I just had this feeling that like the heavens were going to open up and it was just going to start pouring. And he said it one more time and I stopped him right on Castaway. And I said, if you say that one more time, I'm going to throat punch you. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) He was jinxing it. And then five minutes later, it poured and he's just looking at me laughing. I'm like, I told you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Heather, we really appreciate you coming on and sharing your first parenting Disney cruise. I'll put it that way. And certainly the first cruise for many of the members of your family. Sorry to hear that it had some snags, but it doesn't sound like that diminished the overall magic because it sounds like you want to go back on another cruise. So we will wish you better sailing the next time. And perhaps you can hit some of those experiences that you missed this time around. But for now, just thank you so much for coming on, Heather. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having the show. It's so helpful to so many people. Well, we really 
really love bringing you these episodes from folks experiencing Disney Cruise Line for the first time, or at least the first time in a long while. So hope you enjoyed hearing all about Heather's experience with her family on board. Quite the adventure, but it did not deter them from wanting to take another Disney cruise, which I think speaks volumes to the product that Disney is putting out there in the cruising space. So just really great to have her on and really appreciate her taking the time to share her story with us. With that, I do have another five-star review to read on the air this week. This one comes from, quite helpfully, Katie is my name. So now we know. Thank you, Katie. Appreciate that. Making it easy on me. Katie writes, great and honest info. I love this podcast. I am an avid podcaster and listener. Sam and Brian do a great job of reviewing and sharing info honestly, and it is extremely helpful. Well, thank you, Katie. We appreciate it. We do strive for honest reviews and opinions here, or at least balanced reviews and opinions. So thank you for listening. We really, really appreciate it. With that, I do just want to thank each and every one of you out there for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us one of those five-star reviews. You can either hit those five stars or leave us a written review and hit the five stars. If you leave us a written review, we will read it on the air at the end of our main show. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also head over to www.dclduo.com for our website where we have some blog articles up and links to all the different ways you can connect with us and help support the show, including our new Etsy store where you can get some of those magnets that we have gotten so much great feedback about and our beach bag, which people seem to love. So head over there, check it out. You can also connect with us at the DCL Duo Vlog and Podcast Facebook group if you'd like to join a conversation with some like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. Of course, you can always connect with us through our voicemail line. If you head over there and leave us a message, either question, comment, heck, we'll even take complaints. We will respond to them on the air. We've got one voicemail pending, but yours could be next. So head over to 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. Leave us a voicemail and we will play it on the air and respond. If you'd like even more great content from the DCL Duo, please head over to youtube.com slash DCL Duo for our vlog episodes. We are continuing to try and post more vlog and video related content over there. So head over there and check that out. If you'd like to help support the show, you can browse to patreon.com slash DCL Duo to join our growing Patreon community. We really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons out there for helping us to support this show each and every month. You can also always support the show by browsing to www.mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo to book your next fabulous Disney vacation. Just please, please, please make sure to use that link so that they know we sent you their way. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night.